This is episode 144 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today, I'm going to reveal to you the mindset shift that industry experts had to do in order to be successful in changing their relationship to food. We have eight leading ladies that are going to unveil their truth. You do not want to miss this. Stay tuned. My name is Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist. I reversed my diagnosis of anxiety, depression, adrenal fatigue, and obesity by going beyond the food. I can tell you one thing, that willpower, discipline, and deprivation aren't the permanent solution to transforming your relationship to food. So how do you leave overeating, emotional eating, food craving, and binging behind you so you have the food freedom to achieve all of your goal and be happy now? As a top 25 alternative health podcast in the world, this is the Beyond the Food Show. I have created an audio training entitled How to Change Any eating habit, specifically the one that is sabotaging you, three strategies to create the consistency and confidence you need to change your eating habit without willpower or discipline. I did this in order to help women like yourself engage with food in a completely different perspective so that they stop craving, overeating, binging, and using food to feel better. You can put an end to the cycle of frustration, the all-or-nothing mindset, and shame towards your own body and become a motivated, consistent, focused, and self-loving version of yourself. This free audio training is about the why we eat, how we eat, so that the what we eat can be easy, effortless, and pleasurable. So if you are ready to step into the new version of yourself so that you can change how you interact with food, head over to stephaniedodzie.com slash training right now. Ladies, welcome back. Stephanie Dodzie here, and I hope you're doing well. I am very excited for this episode for a few reasons. I hope you can feel that in my voice. The number one reason is if you actually follow me on social media, you kind of know about this a little bit. I posted last week about reflecting on my intention for this podcast and my intentions in life in general, that it is for business or for personal life are all centered around the way that I want to feel. This is something that I teach in my program. Instead of being focused on external goal, like losing 20 pounds, we need to get focused on how we want to feel because that's the real motivator behind our goals, right? It's not really the 20 pounds. What you want is to feel sexy, is to feel lighter, is to not be sick anymore, right? It's a feeling that you're seeking, not an actual thing. So my desired feeling for me is freedom. That's one of my key desired feeling. And from there, I've decided that in 2018, my intention would be less is more, meaning trying to do less, but 
more quality, like less volume, more quality. So I haven't done a great job when it comes to the podcast with that so far this year. I've been producing a lot of content, which put a lot of pressure and a lot of work time for me. So I've decided to scale back to one episode a week, but high, high caliber episode. And today's just that. It's not just a podcast, but it's everything. It's a collaboration between me and eight women, nutrition leading expert friends of mine that I'm bringing together to inspire you, to inspire you in your journey. Now, the second reason why this episode is really special to me is because I've done some reflection on how I actually inspire you, right? So I've looked back and looked at the content of my episode, and there's a lot of teaching in there. I'm teaching you a lot of skills, a lot of tools and strategy and reframing technique and way to change your mindset and empowering stuff, but not a lot of inspiration. So now one thing I want you to be aware of is when we look back, it's not about beating ourselves up, right? So when I look back and look at the content of my episode, it's not about saying, oh my God, I've done a shitty job, right? It's not about that. It's about saying, okay, this is what I've done. How can I learn from this? And how can I move forward? And that's the reason also why I love reviews, right? I'm a huge fan of review, review in the context of the podcast and review in general to help me become a better version of myself. And I have a new review that actually just came in and I want to share it with you. And it's a review from Edna. And she says this, woohoo, Stephanie, this episode 139, avoiding food anxiety was the bomb. I listened to it four times in one day. Hooked by the way you break it down, especially how you made crystal clear the explanation for anxiety, the fight or flight mode, and the relationship to perfection. That applies to me so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for planting the seed to make us grow and learn. That kind of review is amazing. So if you are a listener of the podcast for a long time, please Leave me a review. Tell me what you're learning and how you're learning from the podcast. You can simply go to stephaniedoze.com slash review, and we'll take you through the process of leaving us a review. But you're helping me when you're doing that. You're helping me grow and create better content. So those are the reasons why today is very special to me. And because I think, well, I know this is going to inspire you. So we're peeling back the curtain with eight of my friends that are leading expert, and I'm honored to have them on my podcast. Some of them came before, but they're going to come back on this episode here. And I asked them one question. So I send them an email or a DM and I said, answer this question for me in maximum three minutes. And here's a question. What mindset shift did you have to do that you believe have attributed to your success with your relationship to food? Now, why would I ask this question, you say? Well, because what drive our food choices that we make on a day-to-day -day basis is our mind. 
meaning our thoughts are creating directly our food choices. If you are a believer in willpower and discipline, or you're new here and you just don't know this, here's the truth. Your food choices are created by something called your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind derive 90% of your day-to-day behavior. So if you're struggling right now making the right food choices that are aligned with your belief and desire, know that this is not in your control. Because what's in your control is what comes from your conscious mind, which is only 10% of your mind. And here's the thing, that's where willpower has an impact. It has an impact on your conscious mind. Willpower has zero, you hear me, zero impact on your subconscious mind. Therefore, on 90% of your food choices, willpower has no impact. And that's why for all of you that are using discipline and willpower and mental strength, things are failing, right? You do it well for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden things fall apart because you're actually not changing how your food choices are created through changes in your subconscious mind. So what is one way you can change your subconscious mind is changing your mindset. Now, again, if you're new here, you want to go back to a couple of episodes, like more recently, I put out episode 131, that's titled, Can't Figure Out Why I Overeat. And I talk a lot in that about that. So you want to go back there. Or recently, 141, was about a question from a listener that said, I just need to be tougher on myself, right? So you want to go back to those two episodes or you want to go way back on our iconic episode 75 that is titled number one strategy against emotional eating. And between those three episodes, we're going to break down this whole subconscious mind thing and why willpower doesn't work. But bottom line is this. Your mindset is the key driver of your food behavior. I really want this to land for you. I know it's hard to change. It's hard to accept. That's why you keep reverting back to food rules until they don't work anymore. Mindset are like glasses you wear on a daily basis. It's the lens through which you see life. It's your perspective that creates your intention and that inform your subconscious mind, which then drives food choices in response to how you see life. Going beyond the food is healing the why and the how you eat so that the what you eat becomes easy and normal. So we got a great episode in which those eight ladies, which I still haven't told you who it is, will reveal all of that for you. And the hope is that you begin the process of changing the way you see life and you see your relationship to food. So you no longer have to be this victim to your food habits. So some of you are probably saying, but what about you, Stephanie? 
What is your number one shift you did that impacted your relationship to food? Well, my number one shift, by far the number one has been, you ready? To believe that I was enough. To believe that nothing was broken with me, that I was enough as I was right now in this moment. Not just about my weight or how I look, but about everything. Because the mindset of I'm not enough, I'm broken, was how I saw life in general. That's why I overwork. That's why I overgave to people in my life. That's why I never made me a priority because I didn't think I deserve it. And I know from working with thousands of women that this is very, very, very common to a lot of us that want to change our relationship to food. So if it's you, if you feel that you're broken and you're not enough, the quicker you can realize that you are enough, you're born perfect, no matter what you look like, no matter what you eat, the quicker you're going to get and achieve the goals that you want in life permanently. Now, I want you to ask yourself that question. So this is your homework before we even get into the content. I want you to ask yourself this question. What is your mindset about your relationship to food and how does it impact your life? What is your mindset about your relationship to food and how does it impact your life? Do you have a mindset of abundance, growth, that you are enough? Or do you wear the glasses that you're not good enough, that you're broken, that's why you have to restrict, that's why you have to lose weight, that's why you have to go on a diet? Are you wearing the glasses of lack? Is that the reason maybe why you, your, your diet, maybe why you binge, you crave food, you overeat? If you're struggling with any of that and you're wearing those glasses, don't look further. No food rules will fix that. You need to work on your mindset. Your mindset drives your desire to eat to make you feel better because you don't believe you're good enough, right? So ask yourself that question and come up with your own area where you need to improve. So let's get started, right? Been chatting a lot. Our very first speaker today is one of my dear, dear friends. Many of you know her. She's been on my podcast. She's been on my online conference. Her name is Sean Miner from the Keto for Women show, one of the top health podcasts on iTunes. And Sean is an incredible woman. I love how she's a shaker, a mover, and she's not afraid to go against the grain. So you're ready to hear her number one mindset she had to get over? Let's do it. Hey, friends. Stephanie asked me to share a mindset change that I made that I believe contributed to the change in my relationship with food. And for me, this question is super easy to answer because I know the exact moment that it happened. And really, the biggest thing that I did or the change that I made was to just focus and really truly want 
to be happy again. Really, truly want my health to be at its peak again. These were things that I was missing because I was in a place of being really, really sick. And I had come from years and years and years of dieting and controlling and restricting my food and this manipulation with food that happens. And all of that became completely unimportant when I lost my health. And when I lost my health, I lost a lot of what I loved and cared about in life, and I wasn't happy anymore. So I just wanted to have fun and be happy and enjoy life again, which meant I needed to get healthy. So I made the switch from caring about what my body looked like and macros and calories and size of my jeans and all this stuff, all these things that we put extra weight in, these numbers we put extra weight in, I guess. And instead, I just focused on being the healthiest I could. So getting my health back because that meant I could live the life that I wanted to live again. And suddenly it became nothing to do with these numbers. And I realized that those numbers weren't my path to happiness. My health was my path to happiness because then I could do and be whatever I wanted, no matter what size I was or what it said on the scale. So that changed that for me. I started eating foods that I knew would help me regain my health. I started making sure to eat enough food to nourish my body. Those were the things that became important to me. And I got to a point where I started healing my body. I started feeling well again. And I got my life back. And I got to be happy again. And I got to do the things that I love to do and work out the way I love to work out and hang out with my friends and have conversations with my friends that are meaningful. And this is what really led me to believe that controlling your food does not bring happiness. Getting into a certain pan size does not bring happiness. But being able to live your life in true enjoyment is what brings happiness. And that quite often has nothing to do with calories, macros, or anything like that. It's just about being and living the best you can. The next speaker is somebody that may be new to a lot of you. Her name is Christy Honeycutt Sullivan. I met her very recently at a conference into which I was speaking, and Christy impressed me with her honesty, her real-life approach to her own journey. She has a very similar journey to mine, and she's very open about it. And I love and admire people that are not afraid of being who they are and leading from that place other people. She's got a huge community on YouTube, particularly. Her YouTube channel is Cooking Keto with Christy. And I ask her the question, and what she's going to answer is actually something that, for me, has been a shift that I had to do. And we don't talk about that a lot, but it's backed up by neuroscience. So you'll see Christy will talk about pleasure and how, for her, pleasure was linked to food. And when we don't have any other source of pleasure in our life, guess what? We become quote unquote, addicted to food, because that's the only source of pleasure in our life. So pay real attention here. Let's go, Christy. The mindset shift I had to do that contributed to my success with following a ketogenic diet for over five years has to do with thinking of food as fun. In the past, 
when my mobility was limited and I was morbidly obese, it was difficult to do things with friends and family, but we always had to eat. And so often food became that fun. It became a way of loving my friends and my family, extended family, and was quite honestly one of the few things I actually enjoyed. And I think as a society, we're programmed to think about food as fun. Food is advertised as fun. You deserve a break today. We have happy meals. We talk about indulge yourself. We see food as a way of making ourselves happy. And that was a very unhealthy relationship with me for food because eventually what I realized was a lot of those foods that I thought were making me happy, were actually making me sick. And I had to think about food for my health, my physical health and not as a way of making me happy. It's interesting because often with holidays, celebrations, those are focused on food. Whenever we have a party, we always think about what food are we going to enjoy. And there was a time when I was probably more focused on what was on the buffet than the people that I was actually going to get to see and interact with and enjoy. And I think what's different for me now is that I really do focus on the celebration. I take the time to talk to people as I stay away from the buffet and not eat unless I'm absolutely hungry. I'm still probably guilty of celebrating with food, but we've worked hard in my family to be intentional about non-food traditions, making sure that when we have holidays, we're celebrating the actual holiday, we're celebrating being together, celebrating those relationships and not focused so much on the food. I think that what it's changed for us is the idea of fun is being together and doing things together and not necessarily sitting around eating until we're all miserable. So for me, changing that mindset of fun extends way beyond whatever it is that we're eating. Our next speaker, Dr. Jillian Murphy. She's a Canadian. She's a lovely lady. She's been on my podcast and she's a mover and shaker. Also, just like Sean, because she goes against the grain. She's a doctor and she doesn't teach people to lose weight. She actually teaches women to love their body as it is today. So she's a big proponent of a concept called health at every size. And that's what we talked on the podcast about. So you can go back to podcast 97 to listen to the whole interview. And the title of the show was, Can I Be Fat and Healthy? So if you have none yet discover health at every size, Jillian is your girl, Dr. Jillian, sorry. And she's a kick-ass body image leader. So let's listen to what she had to say. Hi, Jillian Murphy from the Food Freedom Body Love Method here. The two mindset shifts that have most dramatically affected my relationship with food are, one, switching from diet mentality to an intuitive eating mentality. So that means that I got very clear on any thought processes or behaviors that I was engaging in where the main goal was weight loss. That was diet mentality. Another way of thinking about it is, anything that I wouldn't do if I didn't think weight loss was attached. When I got really clear on what diet mentality was and where I was engaging in it, and that it was actually triggering my negative behaviors with food, I started to shift to a more intuitive eating process. I was aware that the deprivation and the restriction that I was engaging in 
regularly <laughs> that was actually considered a normal way to eat in our culture was actually triggering all of the issues that I had with food, that the food issues weren't really the issues at all. They were just a symptom of the deeper issue, which was that I believed my body was wrong and that I had to lose weight in order for my body to be okay. When I switched out of restriction and deprivation and left diet mentality behind, along with all kinds of inane food rules, I was actually able to move into a place of present moment food decision-making and trust. And when I really got that, everything changed. But the second mindset shift was so important was around my body. Because again, the diet mentality only exists because I thought my body was wrong. If I thought my body was great, I'd have no interest in controlling or manipulating or restricting foods, right? So there were a lot of things that changed the way that I relate to my body. But the first big mindset shift was understanding that the bad body thoughts that I was having were never actually about my body. Learning how to dig into the stories that I was telling about what my body represented and what quote unquote added pounds on my body represented. And then the second thing was realizing that the bad body thoughts and stories I was telling weren't mine. They weren't true. They were simply a cultural virus that I'd caught, I'd inherited. That they weren't truths at all. They were just learned perspectives. And when I got that, when I realized that I had learned those beliefs, I began the process of unlearning them. And on that note, I want to send you over to my website where you can grab my seven-day body image masterclass. It's in podcast format, and I use the power of story to teach where our beliefs about our bodies have come from, how these stories affect us negatively, and how we can begin to shift into a new story. It's a game changer. Our next leading lady is again a friend of mine that I met at a conference think it's last year. Her name is Kendra Holly. She's a kick-ass blogger at Peace, Love, and Low Carb. She's many book, and she's an Instagram queen. And again, I connected with her from heart to heart because of her story. She's been there. She's been honest with her weight loss and weight gain journey who you see on Instagram, who you see on social media is who she is in real life. Plus, she's a tall lady like me. We're both almost six foot tall. So really connected with her. And what she's going to share today is one of the reasons why I admire her and one of the reasons why I believe you should follow her because she can provide a lot of inspiration for you. Go for it, Kendra. I think the biggest mindset shift that's really helped me in my relationship with food and just overall health and healing, it started immediately when I stopped viewing food as a reward or a punishment and just viewed it as sustenance. And I stopped thinking of my lifestyle as, oh my gosh, I have to do this or I need to lose weight. And I just started thinking about the power of food and how it really has the ability to hurt or heal you. And also just switching over to thinking about it in terms of 
I consider food and fitness to be like the 401k and the pension for my body. I'm investing in my 80 year old body in my thirties so that I can be healthy, you know, live a long time, do the things in my eighties that I like doing now in my thirties. And it really helped me just kind of switch over to instead of a, I have to do this mindset. I get to do this. Like I get to be kind to my body. I get to put quality nutrient dense foods in my body. I get to feel good. I get to feel vibrant, not like this chore that I have to do. And it was really eye-opening. It took a long time to get there, but I realized that success in this lifestyle started to be so much more about my overall mindset, even just how I tackled the day, my mindset towards food, than it actually was about the food or the fitness. Because if I couldn't get my mindset right, nothing else really mattered. And I would always go back to my old patterns and behaviors. And so I mean, that's the biggest thing that I can say is just investing in my future body and thinking of like, I get to do this, not I have to do this. And then also just learning and researching about the foods that I'm putting in my body, knowing what my body prefers and listening to the cues and just becoming more intuitive, which in turn made things a lot less rigid. I let go of all these black and white ideals and just really started intuitively eating and listening to my hunger cues and paying attention to what foods made me not feel good. And it has been a really, really big difference. And I talk a lot about it in my book, Crivable Keto, but also in the book that I'm currently writing. And it's going to be fun to share more about that process and how it really helped me overall. But in the meantime, if you want to hear more about my journey or read more, I should say, you can go to my site, peaceloveandlowcarb.com. You can check out my books, Cravable Keto, 30-Minute Ketogenic Cooking, Keto Happy Hour, and also Primal Low Carb Kitchen. And if you have any questions for me, hit me up on social media. I'm Peace Love and Low Carb across all social media, and I'd love to interact with you and have a chat. Isn't that amazing? The inspiration I have to do this, to I get to do this. All about the mind. Our next speaker is Vanessa Spina. I actually met her in Spain, of all places. It's another speaking engagement that I was doing, and Vanessa was there. I'd seen her as the ketogenic girl on social media, but never actually met her. And what she's going to talk about today is something that I teach in my program, and it's about how you can reprogram your subconscious mind with words that you're see- saying. I actually teach it also in the context of visualization. So affirmation can be taken to the next level of visualization, but it's all about the power of our thoughts. So take it away, Vanessa. Hey guys, it's so great to get to participate in this question. And I know that for me, I had to make some major mindset shifts. And one of those and the main one included allowing myself to really get and experience the health that I wanted to. And a lot of that came from inner beliefs and being able to shift those. And so I used a lot of affirmations that really helped me not only be aware of self-sabotage and potential self-sabotage, but if you're one of those people who continuously loses weight and then gains weight again, loses 30 pounds, gains either it all back or more again, a lot of that can be related to self-sabotage. And we connect it back to a lot of other things, but I find that we need to first allow ourselves to experience and have 
the results that we really want to get. So one of my favorite affirmations is every day I'm allowing more health, strength, and vibrant energy for myself while inspiring others to do so as well. And having that affirmation as well as I love myself and so many other great and important affirmations, a lot of people don't realize how powerful it can be to affirm positively when it comes to our health and using those affirmations to shift beliefs that are unconscious. Some of them are conscious. A lot of our beliefs are subconscious and unconscious, and we don't realize them. And we're not always aware of the thoughts that we're having that can lead to our own self-sabotage. So using affirmations have been so huge for me. I need to allow myself to have and experience all the incredible benefits that come from having and living a healthy lifestyle. And those affirmations have really helped shift my mindset on this whole journey to trying every single diet known to men and womankind to actually finding one that works properly for me, that gives me not only compliance, but long-term sustainability. And so much of it has to do with how great keto is for long-term lifestyle and how healthy and beneficial it is, but also making those shifts and affirming that I am allowing myself to experience and have and get those results. So that's one of the most powerful shifts that I've made in order to have success with my relationship to food. If you'd like to learn more, you can follow me at Ketogenic Girl on Instagram, The Ketogenic Girl on Facebook, and my website has some great resources as well, ketogenicgirl.com. It's a pleasure to get to be here. And thank you for inviting me, Steph. Our next speaker is an Aussie. Her name is Leah Williamson, and she's the host of the Low Carb Conversation podcast. She is a leader in the movement of real food in Australia. And if you're looking for a great podcast, hers is amazing. She's got all kinds of guests on her podcast that for us here in North America, for most of the listener are unknown. And she's a fan of me. That's how she reached out. She actually reached out to me. And then I worked with her on an episode of her podcast. And then our relationship just went from there. She's the real stuff. And what she's going to unveil today is very vulnerable. And I know this is a lot of you. And I know it was me. So let's learn from Leah. Hi, my name is Leah Williamson, and I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and host of the Low Carb Conversations podcast. For a very large part of my life, I saw myself as overweight, simply not good enough, not thin like the other girls. I couldn't wear clothes that they were wearing. Why didn't I look like everybody else? And this led to years of yo-yo dieting and eating food for comfort. My subconscious totally believed this to be true about me. And I ran with this negative pattern in my head every day, every time I looked in the mirror, every time I saw another girl, every time I read a magazine, every time I watched the TV. And years later, I became ill with Hashimoto's. And through that journey, I discovered the power of real food and the removal of nutrient void foods like processed foods from my diet. And this allowed me to have a mindset shift from seeing food as my comfort to seeing food as my nourishment. However, even with all the progress I had made with this, my subconscious thoughts still ran with the pattern that I wasn't good enough. And when something bad would happen, which wasn't all the time, 
I would then go and eat or turn to food for comfort. And this led me to another journey where I was introduced to a technique called Psyche. And this really helped me to release these limiting negative beliefs that I had formed and that were constantly running through all these years. And this was a huge turning point for me, which led me to the discovery that I simply just did not love myself. I had spent years disliking me, not loving me for me, not thinking I was good enough. I simply just did not love myself. And once I realized this, I turned my thoughts from fighting it to loving, loving me, and to treat myself with kindness and compassion like I would other people. And if I feel these days that I'm starting to turn to these negative thoughts, I always stop and I tell myself, would I speak to someone else this way? And then why am I doing this? Why am I doing this to me? And then I send myself some love and forgiveness and I move on. I work with clients on their real food journey and the biggest shifts I see are when they not only nourish their body, but they're also nourishing their minds. And when they discover love for themselves, they can truly see that food is nourishment for them. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram as Nourishing Conversations and at my website, www.nourishingconversations.com or on my podcast, Low Carb Conversations. Our next leading lady, Miss Samantha Gladish, also known on social media as the Holistic Wellness Footy. She is a fellow Canadian nutritionist and she talks about something that we learn in holistic nutrition because we're both from a holistic nutrition educational background. And one of the components that we learn in that is that we are not only our physical body, right? Physical body is one part of ourselves, but we also are a spiritual body, an emotional body, and a mental body. And that's the huge difference between alternative healthcare and allopathic traditional conventional medicine. And she's got a great podcast that talks about that in depth. It's Healthy Hormone for Women podcast. So I would recommend that you go and listen to that if hormone is your thing. So Samantha is going to talk to you about this whole four body and how she applies it to her life. Take it away, Sam. The mindset shifts that I believe attribute to my success with my relationship to food really came when I started to recognize that my mindset isn't separate from my emotional set, my physical set, my spiritual set. I think that we think so many times that these things are all separate. And I know so many times if we think if we can just get our mindset right, everything will fall into place. But it's your mindset in relation to these other pieces of the puzzle. And that's where your emotional well-being comes in and your physical well-being and your spiritual well-being. So for myself, as I started to integrate more of these things into my life, So from a physical standpoint, as I started to have more movement and exercise, from a nutrition standpoint, as I started to just let go of this intense need for things to be perfect and just started to trust the process of listening to my body and what it was craving, from an emotional standpoint, I started to recognize how I would 
overwork and overwhelm myself and compare myself. And this would put me in a negative emotional state. And then, of course, if I'm in that kind of state, that's going to negatively impact my mindset. And it all is this trickle-down effect. If I'm in a negative emotional state, then I'm in a negative mindful state, and I can't make great choices from there. And from spiritual well-being, as I started to integrate more mindfulness practices, whether that was journaling in the morning or doing five to 10 minutes of meditation every single day, or doing my gratitude every morning and before bed. And these things don't have to take a lot of time. But as I started to integrate all these different pieces together, these different pieces of a very big puzzle, it started to easily shift my mindset. Because as you start to create this foundation in your life where you're coming more from flow and from grace and from ease and you're paying more attention to your emotional intelligence and how you show up every day and you're paying more attention to your movement in your body and your exercising. I mean, not to mention exercise is one of those key tools that we can utilize as it has a hormonally positive shift on our brain. It really does impact our brain in such a positive way. And it gets all those feel-good emotions sort of circulating. And it brings a lot of blood flow to the body, of course, and it gets our body detoxing. And this actually has been scientifically proven to have a positive impact on our brain health and on our thinking. And so as I was integrating more of these different pieces of the puzzle into my everyday, the mindset almost came more naturally, right? Think about how if you have a negative day and you're constantly overwhelmed or you're not moving your body and you're very stagnant and then you're not filling your body with healthy foods and you don't have any time in your day for yourself, how is your mindset going to fit into that? Of course, you're going to come from a more negative space and from a space that there's just a lot of negative self-talk going on. So as you start to integrate the emotional well-being, the physical well-being, the spiritual well-being, that is going to integrate and help support your mindset shifts and help you develop that healthier relationship to food. So think of it as the different pieces of the puzzle. And again, this doesn't mean that you have to have everything perfect and that you have to work out every day and that you have to journal every day. But as you start to slowly integrate some of this into your life and into your week, you will find that you naturally come from a more positive, mindful place. And our last speaker, I kept her for the last, for a very good reason, because she's very near and dear to my heart. Met her in, well, actually, it is on the internet. Actually, four years ago, bought one of her first online program when I was starting to look into the ketogenic diet, right? At that point, four years ago, I was still cycling through diet and restriction through periods of binging and then going back on diet and and I was struggling with the whole restriction. And keto to me was, at that point, the 
ultimate place. Like if this doesn't work, nothing else will ever work because it's so restrictive. So it's got to work. And funny enough, Leanne was at the same place. And that's why she wrote that program. So bought that program for her and I followed her since then. And funny enough that both of our journey evolved at the same time to the same place. So what she's going to share with you today is something that is my truth as well. And I bet you for some of you, you're tingling with that same idea, but you have yet to step in into it. And that's what Leanne's going to invite you to do. And that's what I'm inviting you to do is to be true about what is important and not important in your life. Food is just one piece. So enjoy my girl, Leanne Vogel from Health Food Pursuit, teaching you about what is important and not. Take it away, Leanne. Hey, y'all, Leanne Vogel here from healthfulpursuit.com and happyketobody.com. And I would have to say the biggest mindset shift for me was learning that it didn't matter, that none of this food stuff matters. What I choose to eat doesn't matter. How I look doesn't matter. All of those things that I stressed so much about that I thought were going to dictate whether or not I was happy or sad or successful didn't matter. So I would have to say that that was one of the biggest shifts that I made in my relationship to food. And once I was able to embrace it, it really changed everything for me. All of a sudden, you know, I was able to see my body as this vehicle that allowed me to experience my life and not a currency to allow me to experience my life. And what I mean by that is I used my body years ago when I had an eating disorder. I had an eating disorder for over 20 years. I used my body as a currency to get what I wanted out of life. And that was a really sick place to be in because I needed to be sick in order to have this currency. And it resulted in a lot of negative behaviors and a lot of abusive relationships because I wasn't honoring my body and I wasn't seeing it for what it truly was. So when I realized that none of this mattered and that the foods I chose to eat or the way I looked didn't have to dictate the way I showed up in the world and how happy I was, oh man, now I just eat because food gives me nourishment not because it makes me feel a certain way or not, or that food is good or bad. So that was the biggest mindset shift. And we go through a lot of this in my Happy Keto Body program, which actually relaunches and opens up for enrollment August 20th to the 26th. You can find more information at happyketobody.com. So if you're trying to use a ketogenic eating style to finally feel free with food, and define your happy keto body as a woman between the ages of 20 to 75, you can go to happyketobody.com to learn more. Bye. There you have it, girls. Are you as inspired as I am right now? Like, let's go and do this. Let's go and work on our mindset because the potential behind it is extremely high. So if you've been looking for the solution, the thing that is going to make everything come together, and you have not yet worked on your mindset, 
You have not yet worked on your thoughts. You got to do it. This is the moment where I think we can all agree we have to work on our mindset. And the thing that can happen after is extraordinary. As all those eight women have shared with you the same way as me through my own journey, there is no end to the possibility once our mind is on the same side as our body. So go and do the exercise I gave you in the intro and share with me, right? Tag me on social media, send me an email, let me know how this episode has impacted your life and your relationship to food. Maybe instead of looking for the next diet in a couple of weeks or the next fasting protocol or the next way to resolve your weight problem, maybe you're going to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I want to fix myself or because I want to become a better version of myself. Come back to this episode whenever you slip back to your old way of being. Get inspired again and then continue to work on your mindset. And I've got this audio training that I shared with you at the beginning of the episode and at the end that is the starting point for you to start working on your mindset. That's all we talk about in this audio training. So you can just pop it into your car as you drive to work. There's exercise that I'm giving you in there. So I hope that's going to help you if you're ready to engage into transforming your mindset so that what you eat becomes easy, natural, and normal. We have great shows coming up. The next episode, episode 145, is the Food Freedom Map. That's a full-on teaching episode, four-step process on how to claim your food freedom, your independence from rules, so you can eat when you're hungry, stop when full. Easy. I'm going to teach you that in the next episode. You don't want to miss that. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast. I love you girls. And I'm looking forward to hang out with you in episode 145 this Thursday.